oldest daughter turned 14 two days ago. 14 years ago, uh, Laura and I became parents for the first time. And so like you do on birthdays, and even maybe even more so as a parent, you, you begin to reflect in these kind of birthdays, right? Especially as your children get older and enter into new seasons of life. And I was reflecting on 14 years ago, I mentioned at, at the birthday dinner that I remember 14 years ago that night what I was doing. I was watching a Ranger game that was in California holding a newborn baby. The Rangers lost 8-3, by the way. It didn't go over too well. But I remember that night because I was reflecting on how that day changed not only my life, but it literally created a new life, right? And I didn't have these words as a new father 14 years ago. But in reflection, as I was able that first night in that hospital hold my new child, being a father for the first time, I realized that I had this extreme amount of hope for this child. Because literally anything was possible for this little one, right? It was a clean slate for her. And anything was possible, and anything could happen, and she could be anything she wants to be. And we come to moments where, man, we wish we had a clean slate, right? Oh, man, I wish I could start over. Oh, if I could only kind of go back and redo some things. You ever get in these kinds of modes where you think back? We're clearly not newborns anymore. The weight of life is on us. We have experience, we have history, and things in life aren't always going to go exactly the way we want them to go, right? This is nothing new to us. We've experienced the weightiness of life. We've experienced life and what it brings because life is really good at changing what we want or what we hope for. Life is really good at giving us bad news. Life is really good at coming at us with everything it's got and bringing up uncertainty and despair at times. In each and every one of us, we have experienced in some form or fashion a disruption and an uncertainty, and at times uh, we have experienced anger and despair, especially over this last year, haven't we? We have been uncertain. We have been scared. We have lost family and loved ones. Many of us in here, out here, and online, and wherever we are in our cars, we have experienced loss to such a great extent, not only in our personal lives, but as a country, and of course, as a world. And the weightiness of life is upon us at times. The weight that life can bring to us is so heavy at times, we go back and we wish we could have that closer. We could do things over again, right? That if we could have that moment of, of great hope where anything is possible, which I think is why in a lot of ways when we experience these weightiness, this, this, this heaviness of life at times, 
when we go through uncharted waters and uncertain years like we've just experienced, we grasp for hopeful things. We want things to be better, right? And if we're quite honest, we all have the answers, don't we? I mean, if we went around individually, we would have the answers how things, how to make things better. And what we begin to do is we begin to grasp for something better than what we are experiencing. We begin to just hold on to things. And what we, what we ultimately start to do is we become people who have to be right. Because if we're right, then there's hope for something better. Uh, a couple of days ago, my 14-year-old, she wanted cheesecakes. So we had cheesecake. Of course, you have to have candles. And somehow, my wife put 14 candles in a cheesecake. We sang the song. And right when the song's done, what do you do? Yes, but right before you blow them out, you make a wish. Right? If we're not careful... And if we're not intentionally bringing ourselves into the presence of a risen Savior, you know what we do with our Christian faith, with our walk with Jesus? We say, Jesus, where's my cake? Where are the candles? I want to make a wish right now. And the weightiness and the realities of life come on us. You know what we do? Is we grasp and we wish. We wish things would be better. And wishing is sitting back and waiting. Wishing is, is sitting there expecting something to change. Wishing is waiting for candles to be before us so that we can make that wish for whatever it is we think is the right thing for us. Hope is not wishfulness. Hope is not wishing Hope is something greater. It is something bigger. It is something more than the moments and the circumstances that are before us. It is, quite frankly, hope is the moment of a clean slate. And that is what Jesus does for us. Jesus went to the cross for you. He took on the sin and the baggage and the junk and the weightiness of your life and the world before him and the world after him. And in this moment and everything you have experienced, Jesus took it on and he held it there, quite literally hung on the cross with the weight of sin for you. And his sacrifice on the cross did not have the expected ending. It brought something new and it brought something different. It brought hope. And Easter doesn't gather us here outdoors, in our cars, or online. Easter doesn't get us a new dress or a new pair of shoes so that we can wish for something better. Easter gathers us here because there is someone better. Because Jesus is alive. And the hope that we have comes from an empty tomb. The thing that makes no sense whatsoever brings a new reality, a new vision, a new perspective. It lets us know that the weightiness and the realities of this world are, far, are, are, are not greater than the realities of, of eternity. That Jesus is the hope, not a wishful hope, 
not a wishful thought, not a blowing out of candles, but a reality that in this day, this morning, Jesus did something that has never been done before. He conquered what is supposed to be the ending. And what I want to do this morning is I want to look at these signs of hope very quickly. You've heard the text um, through Greg's thoughts this morning in Matthew chapter 28, but I want to read verses 5, 6, and 7 from Matthew chapter 28. Jesus has been crucified, murdered on the cross. Jesus has been buried and put into a tomb. Sunday morning comes, and Mary and Mary are going to go to the tomb and prepare his body. And what happens as they approach the tomb is they find that Jesus' tomb with the stone has been rolled away. And picking up in verse 5, they encounter an angel who says to them, Mary, Mary, do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly tell his disciples he was risen from the dead and was going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. Now, both Marys are going to the tomb with one expectation, death. Jesus has been dead for a couple of days now. He has been that way. He has been that way since they saw him give up his spirit on the cross on that Friday afternoon. And they go there expecting one thing, and what they find themselves is in a completely new reality. And what Mary and Mary experience as they approach one tomb, uh, they approach the tomb of death, and they experience a new tomb of life as they have these signs of hope. Three things I want to point out very quickly this morning. Do not be afraid. Now this, this phrase is so fascinating to me through the scripture and especially through the gospel stories. Jesus will say it, especially in the Gospel of John. The angel will say it to Mary and Mary as they approach the tomb here. And you have to wonder, what does that mean? Because Mary and Mary should be afraid. Because when you go to a tomb or to a grave, you expect one thing, that's death. And now something new, something, something different has occurred in this moment. And what their expectation was has been altered in this moment. I don't know what you're afraid of. Heights, bugs, snakes, right? There's different things that we fear. Separation, distance, loss. And the fears that we have in this life are real, and they are worthy of fear, right? Because this place is broken, and the world that we live in is full of sin and brokenness, and there are moments in life that we fear and that bring despair and hurt in our lives. And so we expect that to a certain degree. We live life with the expectation that our expectations will be uh, uh, turned upside down. 
And so when we come into a moment, and the angel, and Jesus will say this here later as well to his disciples, do not be afraid. The expectation is, is you're afraid. And you have every right to be afraid because there are things to be fearful of in this world. But guess what? There is something unexpected in the expected, and that is the hope of an empty tomb. That we live life in the weightiness, in the hard times, in the difficult times, in the despairing times. And the message of hope begins do not be afraid. Life is in the hard times. Life comes out of the expectation of death. Jesus lives and what may, we may be experiencing or what we may have gone through or what we are in the moment is hopefulness because Jesus brings something new and different to each and every one of us. The tomb is not the end. It is something all new together. Secondly, the angel tells Mary, Mary, he is not here. He is risen. I love the start of baseball season. Everyone's undefeated. Every team in baseball has great expectation and hope for playoffs and world championships. And if you like the team that I like, you get into one half inning and you realize that all those expectations are thrown out, right? They're dashed in one inning. And in many ways, life works and functions like this. We expect one thing. We hope for one thing. We wish you for one thing. But as life moves on, we know that in a half inning, things will be turned upside down and everything's dashed so quickly. And because we think that we must win or we think we must do better, we live life to win and our dashed expectations become such a weightiness and a problem for us. Mary and Mary expect one thing when they enter the tomb, but they find a new message, a new reason for life, a new way of living life, and that is he is risen. And are we people who live in the life of an empty tomb? Are we people who live life with dashed expectations? Because you understand the angel's message that he is risen, that he is not here, is to bring a new expectation. It is to dash what we expect and want. It is to get us away from our wishful thinking and to be hope-filled people in everyday life. The things around us, the expectations, the work, the weightiness, the despair, all of that is real. But in the midst of the circumstances to which we find, there is a message that does something new in us. He has risen. Thirdly, have you ever thought about resurrection in urgency? The angel tells Mary and Mary to go quickly. We'll end the gospel, or we'll end the message in just a moment with Matthew chapter 28, and Jesus will tell his disciples to go. But there's an urgency to resurrection. And I think one of the, one of the great characteristics of Christianity, faith, hope, and love, sure, Paul, we get that, or we understand that, and we like to study that, but there seems to be a characteristic of urgency 
Christianity. A sense of urgency to move, to do something, to let the world know, to not sit and wait for the candles, but to act out as people of hope. If Jesus is more, if Christ is alive, we don't wish for an empty tomb. We live the reality of the empty tomb, and we go quickly to live that life. We aren't wishful people. We aren't wishful people. God's not a genie in a bottle who's going to take your request. He's not going to set up the candles and you're going to sit back and wait. God is the Savior and the creator of all before us. And he is the God who does the impossible. And he brings hope and life in a death tomb. We aren't wishful people and we don't serve a genie in a bottle. We serve a God who is alive, a God who conquers death, a God who gives us grace, a God who loves you to the cross and to the empty tomb. We serve a real God who changes our reality and gives us life and new hope this very day. We are living hope. We can be hopeful and we ought to be, but we are living hope. As the song is a few moments ago said, the cross has spoken. And that cross brings us hope. I want to end with Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, here in just a moment. As Matthew ends his gospel with a risen Jesus who's about to ascend into heaven, his final words before his disciples. I'd like to end our Easter morning together with the final words to which Jesus gives his disciples then and today. I was texting uh, with a a friend of mine uh, this weekend about baseball. Big weekend for me, if you can't tell. How many times I can bring up baseball in one sermon? And, uh, you know, my Rangers aren't doing too well. We were texting about that, and I was trying to text him, we're done, go ahead and dig the grave. And what my phone kept doing is it kept changing the word grave to grace. I kept texting, we're done, go ahead and dig the grace. And it would change it, dig the grace. And this happened three or four times because I'm slow. But it, but it occurred to me and um, that, that the grave becomes grace, right? The place of death, the, 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 the final place for us as people is not the final ending. That ending becomes our beginning in resurrection life and the grave becomes grace. And Jesus is that, you know, let's be honest, that oftentimes pesky autocorrect, you know, but at times is very helpful because it's a nice reminder. It is a hopeful reminder that we don't end in the grave. We live out of the grave. And we are grace people because Jesus came out of the tomb and the expectation was death, but life came from that place. And Jesus lives this very day because the grave is grace. And we are living hope this very day. 
And if you want a practical way of living hope, start this. Be positive. Man, couldn't we use a little more positivity? I mean, the ultimate downer, the grave, becomes the ultimate positive, life-giving symbol and moment of human history. The grave becomes grace and hope, people, living hope, live positively, Jesus-like, caring, loving in all of these ways. We end Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20. This is our invitation this morning. I want you to know that this is a caring church, a praying church, a church that prays for one another and for our friends and our neighborhood and our world at large because we are people who are called to be living hope. We're called to go. And so I end this morning with Matthew chapter 28. The words of the risen Jesus, the final words of Matthew's gospel, the story of Jesus, the words of Jesus before his disciples, the words of Jesus before us this morning. Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age.